Welcome to the Get In It podcast, episode one. We're joined with Russell Grant, quite a quite a busy guy. I'm episode one. Yes. <laughs> so we've done an episode zero, which was basically the test run. Okay. And then we decided to go go uh, full on ahead and magic. keep it like close to home. So we had this. We have a helicopter that was flying over over our intro but i think it'll give us a nice rumble some some ambiance some ambiance <laughs> exactly <laughs> if you need to re-record it just let me know. <laughs> no it's a, i think it'll be fine um so right. we're here in the bioscope if you're wondering why these seats look so amazing by the way i love these seats thank you man we we are so proud of this as an idea um we we when we started in 2010 we got given these like church seats and they were sort of pretty rigid and and we knew they were going to sort of fall apart <laughs> and it just got us going and then we we knew we had to sort of solve the problem and we had to kind of come up with with a solution we'd heard about a cinema in new york that used car seats and actually when i was there went and checked it out yeah but they just sort of had it haphazard they just sort of had like a, a box and then they just sort of shoved the car seat on top they just didn't do anything to fit it yeah and so we didn't really think much about it again and then we saw a guy in the neighborhood in Mabuneng um with that that did car seats like yeah. as a business like reupholstering yeah he's like i provide car seats for the taxi industry or whatever and we were like what we like pulled over <laughs> And we he had all of the well, he had some of these and we just were like, Can we get a can we get sixty? <laughs> he was like so chuffed. Exactly. And then we sort of figured out a way to like sort of weld them and build these bases and and we just thought like that's great because the the neighborhood that we were in for the bioscope, um is very well the in the old spot was very industrial and where the bioscope was used to be a panel beaters. So we kind of like wanted to reflect that mm. neighborhood and mm. reflect that kind of energy a bit we didn't want to kind of create this plush cine prestige kind of cinema yeah. and, we, and we thought like these are good and strong and they're ergonomic and so it's a cool idea no dude i love it and also having the little table in the front yeah so, th- so now in version 2.0 we've got this table which which you know what I love so much about this version of the cinema is that it comes with like 10 years of like everything we wish we could have done mm. in the old spot and the one thing we really wanted was to create some kind of a place to put and hold things and of course we're quite used to as South Africans having our stuff on the side yeah but there's no reason why it can't be in the front so we we um we we wanted to build these and they also work for sort of notes and files and they could be for your feet we don't care <laughs> So we, we, we're very happy with how these have turned out. I think you, you like killed two birds with one stone because now you, you have a place to put your drinks down and everything and you also have a place to put your feet down without kicking someone in the back. Yeah, that's a good point actually because people don't really have a footrest in, in other cinemas. But the idea was that, you know, as much as possible since day one and now even more, we, we want to do this kind of like dinner cinema. Mm. And we want to have this culture of like food and proper food and themed food. And so just like... Not just popcorn and snacks, yeah. but to actually have stuff. So, so, so this just helps build that kind of potential for us to no, to, to amazing, take it dude. further, you know, which is what we've always wanted to do. Like the, just the fact that you guys are actually like trying to sort of 
innovate and add new things in the in such a like set in stone industry it feels like yeah yeah that's the that's the thing eh? and 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 we actually had a few people sort of give us some advice in the in the beginning in the early days and there was one guy that ran a cinema in town i don't think he's around anymore and the one thing that he said was like you got to just always be innovating mm. and that kind of stuck with us and we we're like okay i came through last week wednesday i think for the first time watched yeah. parasite yeah had a panini Lovely. It was amazing. Like, Lovely. It completely changed my mind on what a movie theater is. Totally. And and when we opened in 2010, the idea of like having a beer mm. was like kind of an innovative thing for South Africa. I was shocked when I went to the bar and they were like, you want yeah. a beer? I can have a beer at the movie? That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, like nowadays, sort of some of the mainstream cinemas are, are getting a bit more like sort of wisening up to that and, and sort of allowing that. But... But they, you know, the, the traditional South African sort of shopping mall cinema really wasn't interested in the sort of 20-year-olds and the 30-year-olds mm. because they're actually the hardest market to kind of get to come and watch movies because they're starting a career, they're starting families, like they don't go out. Mm, in, a, in a way. Personally, the last like, thing I watched before Parasite on Wednesday was Deadpool five years ago. Interesting. And yeah. the thing so, before so, that was like Jackass 3D. Yeah. But so, now I already want to come back this week. <laughs> that's amazing. So, so, you know, those cinemas have always very traditionally focused on kids and then perhaps sort of more retiree, more like got more time on your hands, kind of like older folk. Mm. And then we came in and just kind of went for the sort of toughest market. <laughs> but that was kind of the point. With one little cinema, we can do that. Um, mm. I wouldn't build a whole nationwide chain on it but <laughs> you know for this one cinema we our goal has just always been like something different to do on a night out like if you've got that time like we can be something different we can be like oh you're gonna watch an old movie that's a tearjerker and you're gonna get a pocket pack of tissues and an ice cream or mm. like you're gonna eat dumplings and watch like a 1970s samurai film right? <laughs> you know like we'll be those guys but i mean also getting artists and comedians in like doing the sort of live totally stuff that's so yeah that's what we've got before. sort of set up here now um is uh Luis Ocola. it's so amazing and it's just so interesting to see how we're tracking our way through 2020 so obviously something we all know is lost is the live performance right so we know we haven't had that but what's interesting is that for comedians that club or just playing shows and performing is like a gym mm. you know for a musician you can sit at home in your underpants and like practice your songs and hope people are going to like them when they eventually hear them yeah but for a comedian you need to gym you need to be in front of people you need to learn like oh that doesn't land yeah oh the second night i tried that ah oh, that you know that works and so they have to hash out this material and of course they haven't had the opportunity to do that mm. for months and months i didn't so, think about that at all so so he's got um you know some big things coming up that he needs to like practice for yeah. so when he walked in here and saw the cinema he was like can i do shows <laughs> i was like yeah let's do them Amazing. you know and we'll do the social distancing and everything will be fine but like he gets to gym he gets to practice yeah and it's great and of course you know theaters are allowed but but um putting on an actual production is just next to impossible mm. and it's just not feasible 
cinema it's feasible because all you got to do is is you know you just got to press play yeah but, it's but not like five theater, people that need to get paid well for theater it's like costume makeup guy you know in the fly bars like <laughs> the front of house person this front of house sound front of house lights like the cost yeah it's that's insane. spreading out you know water vapor as they project <laughs> their thing so like stand up is easy it's one dude you know mm. um, so thankfully we can do that and we've got a whole week of, of that ahead of us Crazy. which is really exciting so then another major thing that you do that I'm a very big fan of Limited Edition, dude. Hey! <laughs> so, for those of you that haven't heard of Limited Edition yet, it's a clothing brand started by Russell. Yeah. Um, collaborating with artists basically around the world to make sort of limited runs of these awesome tees. I think, see, you're wearing one today. I am. I am. I pretty much wear my own clothes now because <laughs> there's, a, there's not really much point in buying new clothes because basically the, the, what started it all was me just wanting to see certain t-shirts in the world certain clothes in the just world couldn't find what you were looking for kind of thing. yeah and i think i sort of fall into a category of a, of a of a very particular kind of person who um isn't necessarily into brands mm. you know big big sort of big big visible brands yeah um that's not necessarily that important to me um i appreciate quality of good brands um and um like a sort of concise aesthetic yeah i mean it's like uh, 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 what i mean is just yeah like a good brand that could be subtle would perhaps be my kind of cup of tea but also i i i really enjoy the the clothes especially the t-shirts that have a a story to them Mm. and i've been lucky enough with the band to travel to places like japan where they're very merch crazy and you come back with these t-shirts that no one could ever have gotten here and they've got these incredible stories and this is this band and you must really discover them and this is this you know that's a whole concept have you guys been to japan five times now it's been five tours that's insane when was the first one (laughs) god it's almost been every year give or take one year so it's been the first tour was probably about six years ago yeah um and and also then in japan was a shop uh called granith um that was basically my sort of heaven which was like this uh pretty much t-shirt store pretty Mm. much kind of doing the same thing which is that the brand isn't big and each t-shirt is different but it's not sort of silly jokey tees or sort of pop culture stuff it's artworks yeah and it's illustrations and it's they're amazing t-shirts okay and so i loved that and then as a band uh we wanted to take like a little hiatus in 2018 just kind of reassess our life you guys were going hard for long there totally and that's the thing is that we were sort of our lives we were having to kind of fit into the band and then we just thought before this balloon bursts and we all hate each other and we kind of need to just deflate the pressure on this thing and we need to come back at this where the band works around us and of course we're not going to play as much or we're not going to produce as much but 
what we do play will be shows we love mm. we, you know and so in this break like some of the guys like started their own company yeah, so Alistair um, has his like production company going and yeah so it was a so cinematography so thing yeah so for for L that was a chance to start Cockles which was his like creative side project which was really great and I think he needed that break and he needed that ability to sort of go well if I think the song's cool, I get to put it out. And no one, no one can yeah, contest me. You like, know, couples like, warrants a whole podcast on its own. That's totally, I mean, we must get him in. Um, <laughs> so, not that tensions were ever bad with Short Straw, but creatively, there's something really great about collaborating with four other dudes, and then creatively, there's something great about like having no one to tell you what to do. Mm. And so, I think it was quite cool for him to kind of have that opportunity as well. Tom got the chance to like just soar as a cinematographer he was really struggling because the band was booking um, months in advance and his gigs were coming in weeks in advance and he was just like dudes I'm, I'm these people are going to stop phoning me like yeah. I'm turning them down because we've got these shows booked and I, I don't want to I don't want to say no because we've already said yes to the as a band and so it was this little conundrum that we had to solve which was like okay you'll just try your best yeah and if if this is a gig that you just can't say no to, we're not going to be the band that's going to tell you, like, no, you can't do it. But I think it's a different and thing as well when it's not just, like, uh, you know, some, like, fast food job or something. It's actually something you're also passionate about outside No, totally, and he loves it. And, 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 you know, I've said to so many people, like, Tom, in many ways, is like our Keith Richards. Like, you wouldn't want to go to a Rolling Stone show and not see Keith Richards. Yeah. You know, as much as Jagger is the front man, like, you know, we're one of those bands where it's like, I'd, I'd like to believe like he's a feature on his own so so we wouldn't want to ever replace him but the idea is that if he has to kind of do a particular job um that he just can't say no to we'll have like an understudy that could kind of replace him for that show mm. but so far we haven't had to do that <laughs> but the fact that he knows he's got someone and he's got this understanding with us like yeah. just has him live with far less anxiety and pressure in his life so he just, from the moment we took that break, he just didn't stop working. And he's built this incredible career for himself. That's amazing. Um, Jake left the sort of agency world that he was kind of always in and started his own agency. He was always in sort of digital marketing and strategy and stuff. So he kind of started his own thing, which was cool. And so, yeah, so for me, I, I kind of wanted to start another business. I didn't want to do another band. <laughs> and and um, I just knew that that sort of e-commerce was something cool that I wanted to kind of get in on while it was still sort of bubbling on the surface in South Africa. Mm. And I just knew the timing was kind of cool for that. Um, and then bumbled around with a couple of different ways of looking at it. And am I going to be a merch company? Am I going to take other people's merch? Am I going to service other companies and make merch for them? And then I was like, I'm going to do Greniff. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to make my own products. You know, the whole uh, the, the conversation was, am I going to be a pick and pay or am I going to be a Woolworths? Mm. You know, is it going to be a store that's going to take other brands or am I going to make my own tomato sauce? So my you make sure that tomato thing. sauce is a tomato sauce you're proud of. And that's what's kind of great about the Woolworths and that's kind of how they can be a brand that, that, that keeps that quality is because they are, are, are seeing it all through. They're not taking in other people's stuff. So I... I, I was like, I want to make my own t-shirts. 
and <laughs> very simple. <laughs> and um, and it was so funny when I started telling people the idea. I was like, this is such a painfully simple idea. It, it almost seems but like there must be a reason like why not to do it. That it that it's so simple. But and I think a lot of people were expecting when I said, oh, you know, I'm going to make T-shirts. That they thought I was going to make like. The man, the legend, you know, hundred percent boot. I'm know. with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no dogs allowed. <laughs> yeah. But that's not the point. The point was I found myself, and I remember having a conversation with I think one of the other guys in the band, where I was like, "You have to use your connections as a band, as a, as a person who's in the band that we're in." it would be stupid not to yeah because if course. anything if we've gotten anything it's those connections it's and friendships it's those and like collaborations those and things. relationships when you sort of when you sort of appear on nick hammond's show on 5fm for like the 20th time like yeah. he starts becoming a friend yeah and also like on another personal note you sort of struggle to kind of maintain actual proper friendship. So like these people kind of become your friends. <laughs> but there was a point where I was like, I just know so many amazing talented people, especially in these kind of creative industries where it's like, I have to work with them. Like that's the point. Mm. That's what I should be doing. And so many of them today are like producing incredible work. It goes up on Instagram, you know, a couple hundred people like it. And then it like, it's done. But that's something I've been thinking about quite a lot. Like visual it artists, just, it's so just, difficult. And there's so many people now, you know, like the way, like how you can produce certain work on like a sort of iPad today. Like it's just incredible. <laughs> Not a cell textures phone. Textures and, and just like the, 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 the whole illustration world just becomes so much easier. And, and there's so many more people doing it, which is amazing. But it just all gets a little lost and forgotten. Mm. And I love being that guy that like picks like, you know, the illustration sort of 20 rows down and it's like, let's make that. Let's yeah. put that on a tee. And then they're like, cool. Like uh, the Killer Bee one I absolutely love. So the Killer Bee one <laughs> is, a, is, a, is one of those little fun anomalies um, that was written on the side of the road on Joe Slovo. Yeah. On my way into work every day um, t- to the bioscope when it used to be in Mobaneng, I used to see that scrawled on the side of the bridge in <laughs> Yeovil. And it must have been a little kid mm. because that is that's not ironic street art you know? <laughs> it's like scribbled on there's, a, there's a certain honesty to it yeah it's just sort of scribbled and then I I um, stopped one day photographed it and turned it into a t-shirt <laughs> if that amazing. kid ever if, if anyone ever claims it I'll gladly give them royalties but I mean you could just never figure out who, who wrote that yeah it's like but, but it's just a little thing that I just <laughs> think is kind of in the fabric of our of our city which is quite cool that's awesome man. so that that's that's the point is that you would wear that hopefully knowing it yeah if you never got that story and you think it's cool shit then awesome <laughs> but the idea would be like if someone comments you're like yeah it's like it's on Joe Slovo mm. and you like and you're just like a little more aware and informed about what you're wearing it's just that, it's that little extra thing yeah um, that's the point just this someone wearing the shirt if someone comes up to you he's like hey that's a weird shirt and you have a yeah. tiny little story to tell like that yeah. means so much no and that's what I wanted that, that, was, that was that was like literally the point I think especially touching on what you said just now about how easy it is to just make designs on an iPad or anything and there's so much out there and it's mm. like the base level of quality has gone up so much 
Yeah. That almost the product itself or the design itself isn't enough anymore because there's so much out there. Yeah, and it should just be more and it should be the experience. Like, But people also are craving that human side to things. Just honesty. Like, I just want to make this stupid thing. Yeah. People love that so much more than someone who spends like six months trying to make the perfect thing. Yeah, totally. And, um, and that's kind of the same with the Bioscope where... 2020 has kind of given me a great reset as to sort of what the priorities are. Mm. I don't want to cast this wide net and just sort of shout out into the abyss and hope people come to the screenings. Like, I I want to I want to really get to know a core group of people well. I want them to feel like this is their spot. And you know, people will come and go, and new people will come all the time. But like, I just want people to feel like this is theirs. Mm. And we're seeing a whole bunch of people just in the space of like this month, our first month of business. There have been people that have come like four times yeah. in the space of a month. That's Granted, crazy. there's like not a lot to fucking do. <laughs> but like, it just also means that it's like, it's meaning something to people. Mm. And like... Well, it's providing something that isn't there. Yeah. And the most, one of the most valuable things for me with Limited Edition, how I kind of knew like, fuck, I've got something, was when people came back and people got ordered again and then two months later or a month later with the next design hey you saw that name again it's like this person knows they're a medium so now they're going to just keep an eye on what we're putting out Mm. maybe they'll miss one or two because it's like maybe not for them because each design is kind of different but there's a good chance that you'll dig what we're going to put out next yeah you know and that's exciting it's like what's going to come next yeah and there's a t-shirt that actually funny enough was released today that just sort of ironically um, talk about like it's a spring day kind of release and it's <laughs> all about the sun coming out and of course we've got this fucking miserable day today. <laughs> it's all good it's overcast and but yeah so it's like new stuff and like and for me just it's so so cool to sort of you know you hang out with this one guy and he's got all these old like sort of newspaper cuttings and all this all these collected these old zines from like the sort of 1980s South African kind of punk rock scene crazy and he's got these stories and i like he's got these like high-res scans of the stuff and like i wonder those stories are worth telling yeah and i am you know like there's this band called wild youth which i've discovered this is like durban band that was like real like punk rock when punk rock was a thing like in the 80s Mm. 90s they only put out like six singles (laughs) the guys are some of the guys are all over the world but those vinyls, those seven inch vinyls are Ooh. worth like an easy like 15,000 rand. That is insane. Um, Dude, I'm a very avid like collector of South African vinyl for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just phenomenal where you're like, what, how did this, what did this? So there's like, I've got the zine cover with them playing this show in Durban. <laughs> it's like punk rock band. And it's like punk rock bands from South Africa. Da, 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 da. It's like this majoritively black audience behind them. It's like, oh, it's cool. So that's like one of the one of the ones I'm going to bring out soon. It's such a rich history. The punk scene in South Africa was insane. Well, but the thing, like every punk scene, it was like the 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 majority of people sort of just didn't know what was happening. Yeah. It was it was it meant the world to a select group. Um, like late 90s early 2000s in Bloemfontein there was an insanely tight-knit community like the deadbeats and those kinds of guys and then it's you literally don't even have a single recording of some of the bands except for someone's like 
mm. little handy cam that they recorded at a show that was in the middle of someone's house where yeah, there's like just things going crazy. Yeah, no, that, that 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 stuff fascinates me, and I'm just using vehicles like limited edition as a chance for me to just learn and discover what's happening, and it's it's it's. I'm so glad to it's hear that. Creatively, I a, quite fulfilling. Yeah. I have like a deep fear that that's just gonna go lost and like. Yeah, well, it can. I mean, that that was the so the one of the shining examples for limited edition was um, Kevin from uh, Record Mad, which is that store in Linden, mm-hmm. just posted like, oh, you know, these vinyls came in these packets today, and he posted a picture of the packets, which were these Hillbrow Record Center packets. Uh, you know, oh, this is cool. Who remembers the Hillbrow Record Center? And a bunch of people sort of were like, oh, cool. And, you know, it had the name and it had the address and the phone numbers. And I was like, Kevin, hold on to those packets. Like, I want to get <laughs> that packet and I want to make a T-shirt out of that. So I grabbed the packet from him, scanned it, turned it into a design. And then I was like, and he started telling me stories about the store. And I was like, the, the, the mom, it was like a mom and a dad. Yeah. This couple... It's husband and wife that owned this owned this record store that was like the mecca of vinyl stores in the heyday of Hillbrow, which was like the late seventies, eighties, and um, they're still around. And so I was like, "Can we reach them? Is the store still open?" No, 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 long oh, okay. gone. Okay. But um, they're still around, and I was like, "I'd really love their blessing yeah. to do this." Um, and we struggled to get hold of them and and then eventually their son it turns out their son is like quite a like active dude in Cape Town he owns Royale which is that quite famous burger place on oh, Long yeah? Street and waiting room so I knew, we had a bunch of mutual friends and I got in touch with them and I was like hey man I really want to make this Hillbrow Records in a t-shirt and I just want the kind of the right juju yeah. with your mom and your dad and he's like, okay, I'll ask them. He's like, my dad's a bit of a grumpy dude. <laughs> Gets back in touch the next day. He's like, my dad doesn't want to do it. He says, let the let the past be the past. And I was like, but you haven't even seen the t-shirt. Let me send you the t-shirt. And then the next day he goes, my mom says you can do it. And I was like, that's all I needed, man. Just need the one. And so we put person. this thing out, and and it did so well because it was hitting two markets. It was hitting people like me that were like, oh, this is cool, and it was a real place. Mm. And then the other people who were like, I used to go there all the time, or I used to work there, and I got fired for giving too many staff discounts. <laughs> and you just heard all these stories. And then it was so great where one or two people said, like, does Les and whatever, the, I forget their names, does what do I do and what do I do know about this? Like, accusing me of, like, are you doing this right? Yeah. And I could took such great joy in being like no I tracked them down yeah like I got their blessing they said it was okay your intentions are in the right place you're not trying to like capitalize on anything yeah and it's just it was like it's it's all about the juju it's Mm. all about that like that energy I I sort of believe in that (laughs) I'm not really too sort of hippie or spiritual but I believe in sort of like just a good kind of good practice and so that's why I've never wanted to do those kind of rip-off teas or those kind of like pop culture stuff because I, I'd much rather just know very confidently that each T-shirt's kind of agreed and is solid and is is officially licensed and you know everyone's Make sure happy. Make the artists and, get their work. And and, and 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 then also just have a reputation of like a guy who pays mm. and a guy who follows up and a guy who follows through and a guy who sends a good report on what we've sold so that the Money is important and 
But anyways, but one little thing, just I know you don't necessarily want to make this all about in it or by in it at all. By all means, go but for but that that digital printer basically like enabled limited edition. Dude, I think that's kind of important to say. Like the 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 the, the beginning days with silkscreen, where you you got to set up the silk screen and it's quite a mission obviously to kind of get the stations ready on color counts and like yeah but the whole process means you have to commit to a bunch up front which makes perfect sense and it's not the most unreasonable thing in the world mm. but if you're doing what i'm doing where it's like you're going to release this crazy tea who wants one you might get five smalls and a double XL <laughs> you just don't know and that's just not and, financially and, viable with screen printing silk, silk screen would just never work for that and so when when I was seeing that that kind of DTG was coming in and was possible I was like my idea is possible now daddy now the like DTG um, it's direct to garment printing is completely changing everything in terms of like on demand sort of limited run printing yeah yeah so print to order basically yeah and uh, there's a handful of things like i know i can't sort of uh own as an idea you know the and until i sort of really kind of perhaps make my own cut of t-shirt i'm still using a, a, a cut that other people can use so when people are are wanting to know what kind of t-shirt it is i'm i'm kind of i thought in the beginning i'd be a bit reluctant to sort of tell them <laughs> and then i was like no it's this brand you know or it's this 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 cut um the printers are obviously something i'm wanting to tell people about because i want to support in it and give give business there and even the idea of like the sort of print on demand and obviously that's not something anyone could ever kind of own as a concept yeah no, so at, at the end at the end of the day you know even if someone was doing something almost exactly like me as limited edition because here we are saying it's this painfully simple idea that 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 just doesn't seem to be um something that's done by by people at least in our little world here in south africa um even if someone were to do the exact same thing it's like at the end of the day the, the the relationships with the artists and the and the artworks that we then choose will then ultimately be like what is my yeah IP and what is special and so like it's like the logistics on on the thing the thing is what you put into it which yeah. is those connections and that and it's love the stories and, that and it's like what are we you know are we digging even deeper in the crate literally or figuratively to find that one artwork that's like would really be great yeah um are we fostering a good relationship with someone that encourages them to draw more and then their fifth doodle is just exceptional you know mm. so so that kind of stuff's exciting and i just i think that's great and i just you know we're not pigeonholing ourselves into one particular style yeah which obviously a lot of people are doing which is cool and and, and totally do that that makes lot lots of sense <laughs> um but I just love the idea that I, like one of ours could be very different from the next. And it's amazing. Like one last thing I've been curious about. I just want to hear your thoughts on it. The late night arcade. How did that whole thing? So yeah. So that. So the late night arcade is just another one of those concepts that have have been born out of my my brain. Um, 
and 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 what I mean by that is like you, I've I've sort of just always wanted to, especially with the bioscope, the agenda was always give something someone give give someone something. Sorry, just <laughs> feeling my ear. Okay, um, so when it comes to the late night arcade, um, it's it's just another one of those ideas, very similar to the bioscope, where it was like. I just have this agenda to give someone in, living in Joburg something different to do on a night out. Like, what do we know we can do? We can always go to a bar. We can always go to a restaurant. We can always have a house party with our friends. Mm. But, like, what's interesting, you know? Yeah. And, like, a concept night at the Bioscope is an interesting thing to check out and see and try. Ah, oh, it's that old movie from the 90s. Or, like, yeah. oh, it, we got to sing along or we got to dress up and you know do these things and so i i stumbled into the late night arcade basically um funny enough it was across the street from where we are now um on this roof uh, on this top floor of this building that's just across the street from us was a tech company um making sort of vr content and augmented reality content yeah and they had the office space on the top floor of this building and they had every intention of growing their business to the other parts of this floor. But until then, they realized that they were actually sitting with a space that could work as a really great events venue. Mm. So they called it the Birdhouse. And I knew a guy that worked for this company. And I just went up and visited them one day. And there's, of course, this incredible view of Joburg. And especially if it's a building that isn't in a typical part of town. So it's not like it was in town. It's just outside. That's where we are now. This, what made this view special is that you were kind of looking at town in a way that you kind of hadn't seen it yeah. before, but you were also kind of looking out to the suburbs. Anyway, so long story was like, I, we, the original thought was, oh, we can do screenings up here of films. Yeah. It would be a cool venue to watch a movie. And then I was like, they they were these tech dudes who just for their own amusement set up I think the game Beat Saber. Have you oh, ever yeah? played Beat yeah. Saber? I haven't played it yet, but I've seen it. I really want to. So it's like to. <laughs> it's one of those games you put on a VR VR goggles and with the controllers you basically are swiping like a lightsaber to certain objectives that are coming at you. So it's kind of like Fruit Ninja. It's also meets, a very musical, like rhythmic. Yeah. Vibe. So it's like Fruit Ninja meets Guitar Hero. So ah, it's like to the beat, you've summary. got to like swipe. And not, ev- you know, literally, I say not everyone, but like literally no one's got VR goggles at home. Um, no one's got a computer to run this stuff. No one's got the. So, so until that happens, like, how will people get a chance to play this game? Hmm. Like, how are people going to be like, because when I played that game, I was like, what a fucking time to be alive. <laughs> what a cool game. And then I was like, you guys have got all this stuff. And then, like, just the cogs, like, turned. And it was like, okay, let's have, like, a games night. Hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. We can have, like, these new games that people don't know. The old games that people have forgotten, like the arcade stuff, we can get those old arcade machines. And then we can also do like, there's a growing like it's it's an it's such an exciting like kind of industry, which is the idea of the indie game, mm. where people now, with a few years behind them now, are putting out really great indie games. 
and they're interesting and they're different or they're localized. So these guys were actually the people that were working on the game Bit Fighter, which is the perfect. Um, and I know in it did some printing for it. I think. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Bit Fighter is the perfect example, which is like, it doesn't have to be made by this big Nintendo company that is kind of weird Asian content. It or doesn't need like crazy need, 3D graphics and everything. Yeah, and it and it's not about this, you know, LA American New York sensibility. Like, you can make Bit Fighter. <laughs> it's going to take you time. It's going to take you quite a lot of money and resources, but it's possible, and that's possible today. So, so we thought that's it. And then I just I I um, discovered that the late night arcade dot com was available, and I was like, <laughs> "That's actually amazing that that was available." This is a no brainer. <laughs> um, you either got to come up with. I remember hearing this from a talk with a guy I think he was one of the heads of Google in Africa he was like you either come up with a word like flume or <laughs> Skype or you know you kind of you either got to like make a word or if you're selling beds you've got to get beds.com yeah. you know and so it's like you either got to be like on the nail which for us was maybe with the bioscope was a combination of both yeah. where it was like we want to play with that word that people don't know and that was a very uncool word at a time mm. like to say oh you're going to the bioscope like the bioscopes <laughs> that was what like your sort of grandmother said and you're like it's called the movies yeah you know and then we were going to be in Newtown in the early days so we were going to be called the Newtown Bioscope and we thought that's a great name yeah and then when you play around with the domains when you discover the bioscope is available, people would like, we'll do that. Yeah, let's cut out the middleman. <laughs> cut out the middleman, and then we just thought, if anyone tries to be another bioscope, we'll always be the bioscope. Yeah. And we were like, that's cool. Dude, that's amazing. Like, so the fact that so that, the was, fact that, that well. it was available, then, you know, the early versions of Limited Edition was going to be like, sort of the merch I think I found the merch stand .co.za the merch stand .co.uk there were kind of a few like it was all based on sort of what was available yeah. and then I was like limited edition limited and then I was like limited edition .com because I always shoot for the .com yeah. and when that was available I was like done because <laughs> that's the point yeah. The point of the whole thing is in the name. And it's uh, it's also just access, dude. If someone has to remember yeah. some strange, crazy thing yeah. with some weird, like, uh, URL at the end, yeah, it's yeah. just going to get lost in the no, mix. No, totally. But so, yeah. So, we managed four late-night arcades. We realized the more we did them, the more someone will be like, this is an arcade. Like, it's, it's an arcade. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like the one at Rosebank. Yeah. Maybe give or take like different risky, bizarre games, but for the most part, someone will be like, "This is just an arcade." And know exactly what it and, is. And 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 well, the the problem was like, would that be a bad thing? So we just thought, no, we got to do this every now and again, and it's got to be a special little like, almost like a sort of secret night. Yeah. You know, and you got to be, and you obviously got to advertise <laughs> but the idea being like it's just kind of special when it happens and yeah. we sort of count them like we did that with short straw when we put on these um 
shows called Boosh. We like we we counted them. We were like Boosh one, Boosh two, Boosh. So we've done four late night arcades. Yeah, those those shows are legendary still. Text, People yeah. still talk to them to this. Ugh, talk about them to yeah. this day because there's heart and love and time and soul went into those shows. <laughs> Same with the arcades and and they weren't just the sort of you know I I, I fear that if it was regular and branded like they would kind of lose their charm mm. but it's the one thing really kind of can sort of see with everything you do is just you're, you're doing things that make you happy like yeah. every time you talk about any of these concepts or any of these ideas you get I a smile over your face I think that's the idea yeah and I think that's like what's sort of sets you up for it, everything to be a success like yeah. you believe in it this yeah. is real it's not like no, what I'm do not kids just... want these days yeah 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 <laughs> no totally and I think there's I think that's there's something really great about that and I think the the economy will always be perhaps a little small because it's all based on whether or not you think people will like the things that you like but uh, yeah the, the the quality of it would be would be real and true and and I really yeah I've kind of perhaps as a bit of a closer like that's kind of what where I've sort of reset myself in 2020 is like it's just kind of just going back to like just what's the most important thing to you and yeah. what's the most what's the most like heartwarming I mean what's the most sort of fulfilling thing yeah that you can do and like and I'm lucky that I've taken you know like limited edition needed years it needed like years and years to set up and it needs consistency I remember someone saying you know how's it going and I remember thinking like someone could turn around and go like oh you know it's slow like in the beginning yeah or, or or feel like you sort of need to pretend it's doing better than it is but i remember going like it's cool like it's fine it just needs time yeah it you needs, gotta play the long game it needs the it just needs time yeah and it's with that with the bioscope like got off to this amazing start and had sort of five or six like great years in mumbling and it, it remained okay, but near the end in Momoneng, it got harder and harder. And like 2019 was a, quite a bad year, and we like had to make this move. And so we moved here. And then you're just like, okay, 10 years of experience, and 10 years of being around, and, and 10 years of, of people hearing about us, and, and a whole bunch of people perhaps not wanting to ever come into town. Mm. Like, now we're ready to like really go for it and without those 10 years without this wouldn't those 10 have been years, possible we would just be a new little concept you yeah. know a new little like thing we're trying out it's amazing dude so it's like you just need that time and you just need that thing so I'm lucky that I've built all those things up um, there was this moment um, when when that sort of whole sort of like thing happened with that woman in the post office in Cape Town when she was killed and there was that the whole sort of gender-based violence kind mm. of really like flared up the Unene woman. Yeah. And it sort of felt like that whole thing just kind of rocked South Africa again. And it was kind of this evolution of the Me Too movement. But when that moment happened, it definitely felt like that time around, there was a sort of a, a spotlight on men to go like, what can men do? Yeah. Because it's your time now. Yeah. The first part of Me Too was about 
women having the courage to stand up and women knowing that there's other things and it just felt like we were then at a point where it was like okay men what are you doing you know that's when you sort of see those like Gillette ads and you know and, and some of those things come out where like people do that and anyways and so in that week when it was kind of in its most like brutal and raw I remember thinking like what can I do because now I'm like I, I gotta do something mm. I feel like I gotta do something it's not just like you and, well, and I, I don't do any of those things I don't participate well it's That's like how can I anymore. yeah like what can I do and so I remember thinking like a t-shirt cool okay all the profits go to a charity that'll help cool and I had one immediately. It was even on my hard drive already from an illustrator that's quite like politicized, uh, Nana Fenta in Cape Town. And it was so simple. I was like, Nana, can we do the Jurassic patriarchy design? Yeah. Which is like a play on Jurassic Park, but of course the dinosaurs were like wearing suits as <laughs> in like, you know, let's try and make this kind of idea of the sort of toxic masculinity and patriarchy sort of become extinct. Can we do it? Jurassic Patriarchy tea, all money goes to charity. She's like, yes. And I was like, have you got a charity in mind? And she's like, I volunteered at Rape Crisis Center in Cape Town. They need all the money they can get. And I was like, done. Lacquer. Put it out. And we made, it was like probably one of the biggest success stories in limited edition. Yeah, that's amazing. And we were able to make it was something stupid like 14, 15,000 rand for this crisis center that is in incredible. the space of like a week. <laughs> And I only stopped it because I was like, I need to kind of get back to my life. Like, I can't, I can't give up too much to do this because it was like days to fill out all the form, you know, fill out all the things. And, <laughs> and I just thought like, fuck, I've got this. I've got this thing that I've built. But like, we couldn't have done it that quickly or that easily in the start. Yeah. You know, if you haven't figured out your shipping and you haven't figured out your your system of how you take the orders and how you get them placed and your supplier and your bagging and you know <laughs> how you kind of do it and how you recon and how this person knows how one knows how much profit there is and so I was just so chuffed to be in that position it's the same with the bioscope like we've built this thing this is physical you know obviously limited edition is a bit more figurative but like we've built the space now it's like well what can what can we do with it dude that's incredible so it's exciting. But thank you so much. Cool. For that. I can Thanks. just keep that. That was a yeah. no, This could go on for hours. Yeah. Man, um, magic, man. Dude, that was amazing. Cool. Yeah. Good luck with everything.